0: Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free
1: lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. So in today's episode, ladies, you're in for a real treat. We have Erica Brown on our show. She is an investor and started kind of dabbling, buying a property, and then scaled very quickly, doubled her portfolio in the last year. We talked a lot about how she was able to do that with three kids, homeschooling, and a bunch of things that she's up to. And we talked a lot about how she does that through teens.
2: Yeah. And one important thing that we talked about, and I think we could have talked to her about this forever, is about emotional responsibility that we, the women, go around taking responsibilities for other people's emotions and fixing them. And at the end of the day, we're depleted, burned out. So we went deep on the work that she did in her marriage with her friends and how she was able to really grow and keep her sanity.
1: Welcome back, ladies. This is Liz. And this is Andressa. Welcome back to The Real Estate Inductor Show where our mission is to empower women to live a financially free and balanced life. And as Entressa always likes to say, whatever balance means to you, right, Mm Entressa? And it really is what it means to you because we're here to empower women to live life on their own terms. And it looks differently to each woman. So Erica Brown is with us this week. We're very excited about you being on our show and jumping into your story and navigating competitive markets and how you've been able to grow significantly and even double your portfolio in the last year. So thanks for being here, Erica, and thanks for, for sharing your wisdom with our community.
0: Thanks so much for having me. Awesome. Awesome. So
1: I want to share, we always like to share something of, we think, news quickly, succinctly, so you can bring it into your life, whether it's investing, business, or self-care, which is really how we created our communities, what we hold very true to everything we do. So I'm on I'm on the docket here this week. And for so often we, we have masterminds and, and, you know, you talk about these masterminds and you talk about different issues, but we're, you know, what's really exciting about our, our EXP team. We have an EXP team that are women agents who are kind of tired of growing other people's portfolios and are really focused on growing their own portfolio. And that's how, you know, we born our, our EXP team, our investor EXP team. We were on a mastermind and this mastermind, we, we shifted some things up where we're, you know, teaching content and then getting into issues, challenges. And we talked about flipping. And so we're talking about flipping in today's market. Andressa and I have flipped a number of properties together and you know, not all flips are the same or different. And we just t- taught some great content. And one of our members messaged just after and said, hey, thank you so much. I watched the recording. I couldn't make it. Obviously I wasn't there, but I just want to tell you, thank you so much. And what she said was, was something that Andressa said. And Andressa made a point about making sure you pay yourself first. And so often with flips, or rentals, or quite honestly, any project, we're all about making the deal happen as women, getting into it, making sure everyone's taken care of, making sure everyone's happy, making sure, you know, dot, dot, dot. And so often, so many people, especially women, don't put that line item in and don't even start with that line item or it's an afterthought. And she just thanked us, how appreciative she was of that tip. And she's an experienced flipper. She's an experienced investor. So I I wanna remind everyone of that tip here. Don't put yourself last. Make sure you put yourself first and you're doing it not to be selfish, but to be self-full. And that's so important as we navigate business and investing, because if you're not being true to yourself, you're
2: no know, good to anyone. So that's what I wanted to share from our- Yeah, it's just a, a business practice, right? And you don't need to justify that number to anybody. You can put whatever you want there, the profit that you want there, the time that you want there, and you can create whatever you want. And if it makes sense, it's worth your time to invest into that deal. You go for But we cannot be like, oh, whatever is left, I'm cool. Or if I break even, I'm cool. Or, oh, this is just learning. You're going to learn in every single deal. But I want your profit to be a line item, not the last line item. Yes. So keep that in mind. In- oh. All right,
1: Erica, thank you so much again for being here. We always like to kind of kick things off by asking you what moved you, propelled you, inspired you to begin investing in real estate?
0: Man, uh, that's a great question. So I started investing in real estate because I was in the corporate rat race type of situation and I wanted to transition and I I was a breadwinner of my family. So in order for me to transition from corporate to, you know, starting this real estate business, I needed some type of financial security and I learned I've worked at a bank. So I worked with a lot of very wealthy people and I realized that all of the wealthy people had real estate and that I could, you know, earn passive income to begin, you know, uh, being able to build my business. So that is actually what first got me into real estate. Is needing some security with passive income so that I can pursue my dreams and you know live life like you said on my own terms. So yeah.
2: So Erica, walk through your first deal. How did you find it? How did you fund it? When people ask me that question, I was like, Jesus, my memory is like half gone after <laughs> the first. So I need to look at my notes. But do you remember what was the story behind your first deal?
0: Yeah, I was actually over at the house yesterday. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Reminded me of everything. Yeah. First deal. So I got into real estate first by being a real estate agent. And so I was helping a client find an investment portfolio. I was a new agent, didn't have a ton of clients. And I got connected with an investor that was trying to buy a bunch of properties. They were just trying to look for like vacant properties. And they were like you know, look at all, research all these tax records and start Googling people and find me some houses. <laughs> I didn't have much else going on because I didn't have a, you know, big book of business yet. So I was doing that. And I realized that I ran across a portfolio of someone that owned a bunch of property in Florida. And I reached out to him and I said, Hey, I'm looking for my client. I noticed that you own a lot of properties in this neighborhood. Can you just send me the whole portfolio?" And then also if I find like one that I like for myself, can I buy that? You know, I was like very like, can I, can I please <laughs> <laughs> now I'm like, you know, it's a whole different language. <laughs> now I have to like, yes, yeah, I have to bring it back. So, and so they were like, yeah, yeah, you sure can. And so I knew like an upcoming development that was happening in the area and stuff. So I found this one property. I found a bunch for my client, but I found this one I wanted to keep for myself. And it's so great because I actually, my client became my mentor over time. And so he kind of like walked me through it. Okay, if you're going to do this, well, this is how you do it. And my husband was the only one that had a, a legal job at the moment because I had just left my nine to five. So the property, we put it in his name. I used my old 401k as a down payment, put down 20%. And we bought our first property. It was not easy. It was a, at least a 90 day close because I had to wait. I didn't know about the seasoning period and you know oh, all the things. That good stuff. Yep. Yep. And so we eventually closed before the end of the year. I think we wanted the contract in like August and <laughs> we closed in like November or something. The seller was very patient with us. It was a different market. So, you know, we didn't have, you know, multiple offers types of situations. And I bought a house that had previously been a section eight property. Hmm. And I liked that because it wasn't a tear down because that intimidated me a lot, you know? And so it needed somewhere, but it was in my mind, I'm like, it's at least livable. Someone previously lived here. So it can't be that bad. <laughs> <laughs> and it actually was, it, it, I mean, it was not that bad, which is great, you know? And so went in and did some cosmetic renovations, hired a contractor who was a friend, you know, long story with that. <laughs> I had my first contractor experience. Is he still a friend? He's still a friend, but I don't. Okay. <laughs> oh, okay. That tells me a lot. All right. Yeah, he's still a friend. I just don't use him. And then I was putting this property on Airbnb because I just heard about it from a friend who had just made all this money. And it, it turned out really well. You know, I ended up getting like $20,000 in credit card debt because I didn't manage the renovation. But the good thing is, is that I had passive income that I could, you know, maximize it to pay off that debt, which I did eventually. And then the property ended up, you know, gaining a bunch of equity in one year. So it worked out, but it was definitely a journey.
1: (laughs) So then where did you go from there? So at that point you had quit your job. You got yeah. one property under your belt. So are you like at this point through all those challenges you're like, this is for me? I gotta go all in on this particular strategy. Or how did you navigate that in terms of because you had a, you know, decent, really good growth in five years? Yeah. Um, and I know you you really had even more of a growth in your last year. So mm-hmm. what was that like at the beginning, your first, second, third deal? And how did you navigate all that?
0: Yeah, for sure. At the beginning, it was just a hobby. It was one of those things where it's like, you know, this will help us to develop a savings, but, you know, I don't think we can live off of this money kind of thing. And so the next one, I I was just, I just began, kept selling properties. I was an agent. So I just focused a lot of, you know, my attention on that. And I just kept my eyes open for opportunities. And I let a friend know that was a new contractor that, you know, I was open to more investment opportunities. And then he ended up renovating a house and was like, so he was like trying to, let me see if I want to be a contractor. And I was like, let me see if I want to be an investor. (laughs) And so I ended up purchasing that next property from him and then also putting that on Airbnb. So it wasn't maybe until my second or third property where I figured out like, I can really make some money doing this. And it doesn't require me trading my time for money. It took a couple of deals to figure it out.
2: Yeah.
1: And I want to mention and highlight something you just said. You said, I shared with a friend that I was looking for my next investment property. And so often we think people just miraculously wake up and they're thinking about us and they know what we want and need. And it's just not the reality, right? So I just think that's great. I think, I think more women need to feel confident to share what they're looking for and how they're looking for it. And hey, you know, just to, especially the right team members. I don't think enough people do that. And it's such a simple thing. It's really a simple thing to do. So I just I just wanted to highlight that as something that you did and sound like it, that's worked out. So as you progressed, you've seen your most growth in the last year. You've doubled your portfolio. You're at 38 doors. Yes. So so walk us through the first couple of deals. Now you're like this can be a business. You're busy with your agent work. So walk us through the growth that you had with your investment.
0: Yeah. So. I think the growth first started with me, my agent team, and building a team of agents and not just being an individual agent. When I was in corporate, I seen the value of having a team and how like we all work together and we complement one another and we, you know, accomplish more. And so very soon after I became, began selling real estate, I actually built a team. Actually, prematurely, a lot of the people that you know were above me did not support me building a team so early in my career. But I hands down think that allowing myself to trust myself, to build a team, allowed me to be able to leverage my time so that I can grow my real estate investment career. Because I had more time to to put into learning how to invest and scale more, each time I bought a new property, I challenged myself. So it's like, okay, okay, I've done this a few times now. I think I figured out what I'm doing and then I remember I started developing a community and it's been so funny. A lot of my community developed from clients that wanted me to help them buy houses. And I wouldn't just stop at just being a real estate agent. I would ask questions. I would, you know, ask for referrals and things like that. So I started asking, okay, how are y'all buying all of these properties? I am buying one at a time, putting 20% down, hustling to find the 20%. I'm missing something. I knew I was missing something. So then I asked, like, how are you buying all these properties? And I learned about the bird method, essentially. They didn't even know the bird method, but they caught, it was the bird method. And so I learned just from a one five-minute phone call that changed everything. After that, I just took those notes down. I actually studied, how do I work with a private lender? How do I work with a hard money lender? I asked friends some questions that had done that before. And then I reached out to one. And that next property I bought, after connecting with the private lender, after getting the knowledge to, you know, know what to expect, to know how not to be taken advantage of, I went from three to seven and in one year. And then I just kept scaling. So even last year, for example, I think I was at like 20 or something. Yeah, maybe around 20. And I went to a conference and I was like, okay, Erica, like you've managed this, you know, single family home, the small, you know, duplex, you're doing that you're doing that well. You know, I'm ready to take it to the next level and I will see deals and the numbers would be decent, but because I hadn't done it before, I would just tell myself, no, you can't do it. No, don't worry about it. You can't do it. And I knew that that was a limiting mindset that I had. So I decided when I was at that conference, I decided I am not going to say no to the next deal that I don't understand. And shortly after I found a deal on the MLS, (laughs) everyone is always asking me, how did you find that deal? I found it on the MLS, the same website that everybody in America has access to. (laughs) And I found that deal. And this time I did not say no because I didn't understand it. I called up a friend who's a mentor, who has a bunch of, he's, you know, ahead of me. And I said, can I come to your office? Let's look at this. And he walked me through it, went and looked at it together, I placed an offer. So I just, I just focused on at least knowing the next two steps. And then I trusted that between my network or between my resourcefulness, I could figure out the rest. And it's made me a million dollars in one year. Net (laughs) million dollars. Oh, take a
2: deep breath. Take everybody, take a deep breath with me. How powerful is that what you just said? I will not say no to a deal that I don't understand. It's very, very powerful, Erica. I never heard that way. So hashtag Erica, trademark that. Anyway, I want to get to the point. What I'm seeing you doing over and over again Is that when you, okay, when you find something that you don't understand or you already managed that, you are looking at your resources and say, okay, how do you do, wait a minute, how are you doing that? What am I missing here? And I do believe that if we ask that question more often and put our ego aside, fire ourselves from our position, we're able to grow faster. Instead of saying, oh, why are they lucky? Why are they, they, they? Instead of saying, what am I missing here? Having the courage to ask, hey, by the way, can you just share with me what's happening here? (laughs) Because I'm missing something. Because we were not taught in school how to do that. So for you to take it to the next level. You mentioned teams, teams in your real estate agent business and teams that you work your community, quote unquote, community that you start building around you. Many of the women that are listening to us right now are masters, have master's degrees in solopreneurship and having a hard time letting it go of the, quote unquote, the control or the trust or even don't have the patience or time to train other people what would you say to them?
0: (laughs) I would say that I've been in a situation where I have trusted someone to do something and they didn't do it well. I Mm -hmm. get it. I definitely understand. I have a village mentality where I've also seen trusting people to do things and they grow and they empower themselves and they just, you know, explode. I have also seen the benefits of what happens when you have a surrounding team and when you have, you put systems in place and where you really get to, you know, reap the reward of that. So I would say to not just focus on the negatives, but to push through and focus on the overall goal in which you're working to, because the reward is so much greater on the other side than, you know, a few failures along the way.
1: Love that. So tell us a little about the team you have now with your investing. What does that look like? Uh, does it vary? You know, because I know you're predominantly in the Atlanta area, right?
0: Yep. Is that where all your units are? I have one unit in Texas.
1: Okay. Dallas. Gotcha. So tell us a little bit about what your team looks like, because I think that's a big piece as we scale our portfolio. Yeah.
0: yeah. So I'll share what my team looks like. I also want to say that your team can look like you want it to look. Especially a lot of us who have transitioned from that corporate mindset, we think it has to be like this and missing this, this. You get to do whatever the hell you want to do. <laughs> that's the beautiful part about being an entrepreneur, okay? So I'll tell you about my team. You'll be like, oh, wow, that's interesting. So my team covers both my real estate portfolio and my agent team. So it's not just, we don't just do one thing. It's a collective. We do a lot. So I have an operations person, a operations manager who helps to run the day-to-day with all the things. I have a property manager. The property manager does majority of the midterm, long-term rental strategies in their full-time. And I have a property management company. So I have an LLC, like an arm, you know, that I pay the property management company through, the property manager through. I have a part-time Airbnb assistant that helps with the Airbnb properties there. She is the, the hands and feet on the ground, you know, restocking things, responding to the tenant, all that good kind of stuff. I have a, a marketing director that helps with all of the marketing stuff between the agents and all the other things I do. And I have an administrative assistant. She handles my scheduling. She actually did podcasts, interview no stuff. <laughs> She does any client retreats me to do. She really acts as an executive assistant for me. I also have a home team. I have for five hours a week, I have what we call a family assistant. And because I have three kids, <laughs> okay, and married. And so my family assistant, she takes my boys back and forth to practice And to, you know, all the little things they need to do. She schedules doctor's appointments and she takes them to doctor's appointments. (laughs) She picks up Amazon packages, all the things at home that I don't want to do. I could delegate to that. She makes travel plans, that type of thing. So that's the, the village. And I have the agents and they are commission based. And so I focus on helping them accomplish their goals and then helping them get leads. And then they go out and buy and sell because I also homeschool my kids, so...
1: Oh,
2: what
1: a detail. Hold on, hold on. Let's back that up, right? (laughs) Oh,
2: Oh, yeah, and I also... No, by the way, and I homeschool my kids, right? So all the women that are listening are like, wait a minute, girl, Yeah. right? But Erica, as you started, you're like, you can design how it is, and you're calling the shots how it is. We have not seen... Representation on stage, representation on freaking podcasts. For God's sake, we have the Real Estate Fast Heart podcast, right? And we only interview women. I listen for all the men that keep applying to be on our podcast. <laughs> there's a reason why you're not being accepted. Okay. <laughs> So if you didn't get the clue yet, just- Please stop applying. Yeah. Right? (laughs) Thank you. But we appreciate you, right? But, you know, uh, refer us to a woman that you know, and we'll support that. But representation hasn't been there for women for a long period of time. And I remember hearing from stage from very traditional white male, 45, wearing a suit, telling me how success looks like. How should I scale? And I was like, that's kind of impossible, like to do this three-hour morning miracle. It doesn't right. fit me. It doesn't fit me. Or And I think we are changing that by not not Liz and I, certainly a community of women like you, for example, that are sharing and trusting our gut. As you said, I trust my gut. to say, yeah, no, 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 I can build a team. Yeah, let me show you how. And I can build... Uh, agent team. It doesn't matter. I don't need to have 20 years of experience in order to get that started. I feel competent and efficient to do that. I think we are all writing history here and setting the standard. And I really commend you for sharing a quote-unquote non-traditional way of running your business and your life and sharing with other women because I do feel though that you are giving permission to them to do the same, and they don't feel like, oh, am I right on this? Am I the only one thinking about it? Yeah, I keep hearing it. Oh, so I'm not crazy.
0: No, so- like you're not crazy if you don't want to go to your your son's third football practice. Like I go to the games, and I tell them I go to seventy five percent of the games. I may not go to every game, but I'm your biggest supporter. I'm gonna, you know shout you to the rooftops, like I'm there. I'm not going to feel guilty because I don't want to wait and practice and waste my time for three hours when I don't have to.
1: And, but I think the mom duty, it's not even mom guilt. I think it's like a mom duty is very like, it's been passed down generational. It's not just our own, like, what do we need and want? But it's, it's a generational piece of what that role looks like and it way it should look like, it shouldn't look like. And it's just, it's just nonsense, right? But if we don't stop, and actually ask that question, you had to stop and say, do I want to be taking my children or should I be taking my children to the doctor's office? Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of people listening never even dawned on them that they didn't need to be the person taking their kids to the doctor's office. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not common, right? It's what you're oh. saying, which is, which is really expansive.
0: Yeah, and I'm not like super wealthy, you know, like to where it's like, I came, got all this money. Cause generally we can see that but we see it in a, a certain tax bracket. Sure situation, but no, even when we were living paycheck to paycheck, we were just starting this journey. We were both working full time and we had a friend that what we did was we asked her to cook dinner for us, like to meal prep for us for a period of time. And because that allowed us to not eat out and waste our money. (laughs) So it's not based on necessarily how much money you make. It's just resourcefulness and, you know, working within your village.
2: I love that about the village, because I've seen village across the board, and I think that we, the women, have been trained to figure out a lot by ourselves, and we we are able to, but we don't have to, and I think that that's a process that we all go through, and we all have our hang-ups in different areas. But I'm very curious about your mindset, Erica. And I know you have a supported husband and you guys have been working together, which is also very important. But talk to me a little bit about your mindset. What have you done in the past that you feel it contribute to your growth?
0: Oh, my gosh. (laughs) What haven't I done? I think 2020 was definitely a wake-up call for us. In 2019, I just finished a really difficult year in marriage. So it really, the 2020 was a pandemic too, but it also was coming out of that season and just being like, I'm burnt out. I have been constantly giving everything for everyone and I'm left depleted. So I started doing counseling. I started working out and working out helps to, you know, fuel my mindset. It helps to, you know, just to give me energy and you know, those sorts of things. And I just started asking for what I wanted because I grew up like taking care of everyone, being the strong friend, being the, you know, the older sister, you know, that kind of thing And that led into my life. So counseling has helped just being honest and being self-aware and having safe people around me that I can just be vulnerable with and process with and let them know what I need. And, you know, I tell my kids all the time, hey, I am not emotionally responsible for you. I'll stop being emotionally responsible for people. <laughs> yeah,
2: Eric, a- can we take another breath?
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was a big thing. Women, we want to like, well, you feel bad? You know what? I'm sorry that you feel bad. I am here for you. Let me know what you need. And I would love to support you. But I can't carry that. So I stopped carrying everybody else's stuff. That's the biggest lesson because I no longer could. I was breaking down.
1: Walk us through that. A let's break yeah. that down. Like We analyze a deal, right? Let's analyze <laughs> that for a moment. Ladies, this is the juice, okay? You don't want to go pee later. <laughs> <laughs> or put it on pause. Yeah, I, I think what you're saying is very, is very powerful. And it really speaks to so many women that are listening right now. So let's talk about that. What does that look like? Let's start here. What does that look like to you, where you're carrying around you called it not emotional baggage, emotional, yeah, was it baggage with the word you use. use another word I thought emotional, emotional responsibility. responsibility. excuse me. So you're walking around with some emotional responsibility. What does emotional responsibility look like to you prior to your breakthrough?
0: I think before it meant that someone people around me do the things they do, like in response of me. Hmm. If that's not true, we all have our own choices and we all decide how we are going to respond. And so I had to realize, you know, just because different people respond this way, there's nothing that I could do to make them respond that way. Does that make sense? And so that that helped me to release my need to want to fix it for everybody.
1: Amen, I see a separation. I mean, I can definitely connect with what you're saying. Your way of being, I can totally connect with. I'm just thinking about myself or making this a therapy session for Liz. But this is what you're saying is in a lot of ways, there's a, an emotional kind of disconnect, not in a bad way, no. but in a way that you're- Every able way. Detachment. Yeah. Detachment. So you can care about what people feel. You can care about what they say or think, but you're not attached to that for your own- worthiness or happiness that's very different yes very and not and not your problem to fix it on your problem to fix it right so tangibly what did you do yeah what was the way because it's not just what you do i'm sure it was a way of being i'm sure more it's a mind body and soul you don't shift that being like i'm amazing i don't care about people and it doesn't (laughs) sound like that's how Uh, it would work uh, if you're naturally nurturing person you're not necessarily going to just turn that off. But it sounds no. like it needed, it, needed, but that, it needed to be
2: redirected. But I, I just want to make a difference, yeah. right? You saying that does not mean that you don't care for them. It, it means that you care for them, but you also care for you.
0: Yes. Is that what? Yes. Is? Yeah, because I, I care about people deeply. Like my life's mission is to serve yeah. women, specifically Black women, right? So like I care about people very deeply. But so one, you ask like, what was that transition? Like the first thing was like a verbally communicated verbally communicated to my loved ones, like where I was, what I was working on and, you know, the resolve I came to, that was one thing. And then the second part was just to get back in touch with who I am. And so it was, I've joined this Wednesday night group at 9 PM on a Wednesday in a hot tub group of women. It's so random, but we meet up every two weeks on Wednesday night. We are tired, but we get there in a hot tub. Literally. Yes, uh, virtually. How to? No, literally. no, no, literally. Okay, <laughs> <a hot> <laughs> No, thank have no idea. We were all no. virtual doing something, right? No, it was, and it was, yeah, and it was a very diverse group of women with diverse perspectives, and so that was one thing. Is like getting in touch with other women and being around them. And then I just got to learn myself, like, okay, what do I like? What do I not like? I even, like, decided to say, okay, let me talk to someone about my wardrobe. Like, what colors do I like to wear? What, you know, I got in touch with my sexuality. You know, all those things, right? All of it. Yeah, learning about my, you know, how your cycle, how your, you know, your cycle affects you with oh, women and so many things. What the I hell, right? on this podcast. But I just got to know who I am as a woman because I had kind of like just pushed that to the side for so long. And it's been very freeing and it's helped me to be able to walk in every row, like my full self throughout that process. And it has helped me to be decisive, to make decisions, to be willing to ask for help and not have to worry about, well, what are they saying? What do they think? You know, it has helped me to show up my full self in every room.
1: That's very powerful. So I'm curious though, in the moment of someone you care about mm-hmm. comes to you. Yeah. You're in a disagreement, you're in a disconnect. There's something not working. Yeah. I'm sure it happens to all of us, right? Yep. Yeah, Day to day. At that point, how do you shift, like literally just kind of taking in the feedback, mm-hmm. but not being attached to it. Right. I'm curious, totally curious. How do you yeah. in the moment do that? Cause I think that happens for a lot of women. Yeah. Right. These are what you're saying makes complete sense. But now we're in a moment, we're in a moment of some sort of not workingness, contractor, partner, team member, fill in the blank.
0: Yes. I wish I could give you an example of how that looks, how that looks like. But basically, what I'm not thinking about a specific example someone comes to me, they have an issue with me, they want to give me feedback, sure. and they were hurt by me. Let's say that. And a and discussion. This actually happened recently. It was, I was helping listing with one of my agents. I was co-listing with her and she gave me feedback about the conversation that a three-way conversation call I had with one of the other agents that we we're working with. And I said, you know what? I heard her out. I listened to her. I said, you know, I really, I'm thankful that you brought this to my attention. I definitely will make these adjustments in my life here. And here's my feedback for you and I'm here for you. Let me know if I can help you with anything else. And you just kind of like, you leave it at that. Like you, you take responsibility. And sometimes it's not even me. Sometimes it's just like that person is just hurts and wants me to fix something, but it's not my place to fix. And so you just take, you know, if, if it's you, you take ownership, you show empathy, and you let them know you're there for them. Sometimes, depending on the person, it may be a hug, you know, whatever it is. And then you let them know, like how you follow up with them, and you, you know, you be thoughtful. You may send them flowers if that's what, whatever it is. But I leave the situation, and then I'm, unless I have committed to follow up and do something, I leave the situation where it is, and I go about my business. So it's a, it's a matter of like compartmentalization. You know, mm-hmm. I think that that is like healthy to have because if not, then you will just kind of drag through life. Just, yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like just having a hard time moving on, like this area here, like, and then there's another thing, like say, like I, I mentioned, and I've never talked about this publicly, so. <laughs> but i going been, there. <laughs> yeah, we're we're here. Cause I really think that it would help a lot of women, you know, yeah. And like I said, in 2019, I've shared this publicly to my IG, but in 2019 was a very difficult time in my marriage. I came to the realization that, you know, this is a part of my life. My marriage is a huge part of my life, but it's not the whole part of my life. And that we're working through things, you know, in this area, but that God has given me so many amazing things to be joyful about outside of this relationship. I am going to embrace joy as it is and because again marriage is not my entire life it's not like my full identity as a woman mm. so that that time period that I'm talking about working on that that mindset helped me to come to that place. It's an extremely important relationship, but it's not my entire life. So that helped me to learn how to compartmentalize and to be able to wake up with gratefulness even in the midst of storms to be able to see joy. And keep going in a non-fake way, you know, but in a very like authentic, like I'm going to stand up. My kid is learning this new thing that we've been working on. You know, my team, you know, succeeded here. I'm able to help empower and hire three employees. You know, those are all things to be joyful about. Even if there's one area of your life that isn't going the best you would like for it to go right now. Does that make sense? Yeah, and, exactly. so that journey helped me. That's the mindset shift that I had that helped me to grow and to not stop going and even to you know work on those things that we needed to work on in marriage and mm. it's better think, than ever now. So yeah,
2: but I, I feel you're very secure about who you are, and that's it. Period. Yeah. But it's that a lot of women don't take the time to figure that out. And it's hard to say, but they have mixed up identities mm. because they didn't take the time to think about what they really like as a human, right? As a human, so they get their identities by the affiliation. Oh, I am married, or I I am a mother, or I am a real estate investor. What does that mean, right? What What is it? Who you are? Who would you like? Your period, the cycle. How many? That, mm-hmm. right we, do, we don't have the time to really stop and think and i really love what you said that when you say to your own kids i'm not responsible for your emotional state yeah. right because i have this conversation with my sixth no he's seven he just turned seven mm-hmm. 70 year old another day he was upset and he said you made me upset and we had that conversation i was like honey Mommy does not have the power to make you happy, sad, angry, none of that. Mm -hmm. You have the choice to choose your state of mind, your emotion. So you can choose right now how to calm down your body. And it's my job to support you and to get through it. And this kid came to the conclusion when he said that to me. And I was like, oh my gosh. He said... But you know, mommy, sometimes I am—I have this mood inside me and I don't know how to stop it. So how can I just go there and change it? I don't know how to do that. I was like, oh my gosh, let's talk <laughs> about that. Of yep. course, let's talk about that. And we were at the beach. I said, listen, let's take a dive in the ocean. I am sure when you come back, You're going to be a little out. And then we're going to play something. You just need to get out of this funk. And many times we just need to take a deep breath and a cup of water or change the scenario. But we can't assume children don't understand because they really do. And if we are having those conversations with them and with everybody around us, it is just a new way of being, right? So we are just talking about instead of all the women being burned out across the board because they are
0: just depleted of that time. So, yeah. And when we're burned out, we're not good for anyone, you know, like we are operating just out of exhaustion (laughs) and, you know, and when we're full, we're able to actually give more and we're able to actually show up and support and serve the very things that we have in our heart that we want to do. So, yeah, I mean, like I take off a month, a year now. So I take off every December. Now, last December was the first time doing that and I protected and my team, everyone knows it. And it's so funny, one of my teammates last week, I was like, oh man, we got to do this because we're behind on this. And she's like, you're taking off a month. She's like, you are taking off a month. I was like- yeah, I am, I am. Because
2: you have to have people then stand for you and it's not yeah. gonna tolerate you to get out of it. I think that that's like the the structure, right? For the foundation, yeah. the the bars. All yeah. that awesome. That's been
1: great. I think Erica, not only have we dig deep on, you know, real estate, but then we just read really more importantly deep into our emotional awareness and our emotional responsibility. And if we can master that, we can take our businesses anywhere. We can do anything, right? Possibilities are endless. It all begins with our emotional mind, body, and soul kind of state. We all know that. We, we would all agree to that. But we don't work on that. That's the hard stuff, quite honestly. It's easy to just figure out some tips and tricks about how to scale a portfolio. Yep. But that's not where the work is. What we just talked about is where the work is.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: so thank yeah. you for being vulnerable and for sharing that. With thoughts in our community. So where can the ladies listening learn more about you and follow along on your journey?
0: Yes, so I'm on Instagram a lot and you can follow me at erica e r i k a b investor on Instagram and then you can get links to everything else from there.
2: Awesome, and you guys can find more information about Erica on our show notes. Now we're gonna to transition to our panel with three questions and the first one Erica is what's the most transformational book you ever read?
0: All right. So I was thinking about this. I read this book called Do Less by Kate Northrop. And yeah. it, yes, I know her. Yeah, we are. Okay. Her show. You know, her. Yeah, Kate is yeah, it's been really transforming in my, you know, in my life, doing how you basically do less so that you can earn more and you can live life more abundantly. So that's been a really huge transformational book for me. Yeah. She also has a journal, Do Less. So it's very, very cool. Yeah. Uh,
2: 262, 262. Yeah, we're going to put that on our show notes for you guys. She's great. The second question is, what's the most powerful routine that you do to create a financially free and balanced life?
0: Oh, powerful routine. I wake up most days around 5 a.m. And so being able to have that time by myself, whether the time is in the morning or night for you, whatever, you know, having that time by myself when no one is asking me for anything, nobody's messaging me for anything and just have that time to like, I have a screening porch to have like fresh air, just quiet moments, soft music, having that time by myself helps to really balance me out so that I can conquer the day and make all the, Decisions that I have to make throughout the day.
2: Awesome. Last question Which woman, famous or not, has inspired
0: you the most? So I will say, so lots of women in my family are amazing. My husband was like, You should say Beyonce. <laughs> yeah. Not going to say, are all inspired by Beyonce. But I'm actually <laughs> super deeply inspired by someone I've never met, a person in my family. My grandmother that I never got a chance to meet because she passed when my dad was four. I am deeply inspired by her because growing up, I had a very different personality than my parents. I did not feel like I fit in the family for like a long time until I learned about her. I learned about, in a very difficult time, you know, living in the South, in the early 40s, 50s, how she ran her household how she, you know, had 10 young kids, but she loved to read. She loved to like prepare them for the future. She just... You know, I hear stories about like how she just handled family business and finances. I related a lot to her personality, especially growing up in a family where I felt like no one's personality related to mine. Like I'm crazy and everybody in my family is just safe and quiet. (laughs) I'm like, where the hell did I come into this family? And so when I finally learned about her and her story, it just has deeply inspired me for the rest of my life. And I'm constantly learning more and more about her. So I will save my grandmother. I love great. it. That's great.
1: Love it, Erica. Thank you so much for sharing your, your wisdom and being with us today. We so appreciate you and your time. Thank you. Thank you for
2: having me. Thank you, Erica. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, thereestateinvestor.com. There, you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community, and get updates on upcoming episodes.